When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, this is your spoiler warning. Don't listen to this episode of the podcast if you plan on watching American Ultra and you don't want the ending spoiled because we tell you everything. Also, just don't watch American Ultra. <laughs> Peace. I hate the word. I don't. I don't. What? 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 Hello everybody, it's me. Welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama, a podcast where each week, myself and my friend Zach, we watch a John Leguizamo film and then we chat about it afterwards. Um, God, that's that's the intro, I guess. Um, I'm Mish Wittrup. You might know me from four mini episodes released previous to this one and also a pilot episode. Wasn't that fun? Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my friend, uh, very, very funny, very, very nice, lovely, articulate human being, Zachary Ruain, who you might know from... Playing Charles Xavier in 2000's X-Men. Wow. Everyone thought it was the guy from Star Trek The Next Generation. (laughs) Patrick Stewart? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know his name. I'll tell you why I don't know his name. I couldn't think of his name because... I've never worked with him because I've I'm in all the f- those films. Is it is it I don't want to sound like an idiot though, but is it Patrick Stewart? Ian Ian McKellen's best friend. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Bald. For some reason I'm Bald, just old British Patrick guy. Swayze. That's all I can think of. He's is dead. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Remember <laughs> when he um played a you know what in uh in Donnie Darko? Yeah. Dark. That's dark. That movie reminds me of you because it was your favourite movie when you were younger and angsty. It's a lot of people's favourite movie when they were younger and angsty. Do you know the funny thing? I'm I'm on TikTok now. I just I just, I'm I just I don't I'm not posting on TikTok yet, but I'm just on it because um, that's where all the best memes are. Mm. Uh, I follow Hank Green. Yeah. It took me 20 years to finally discover Hank Green. He does fun little science facts. Oh, that's cool. Um. And uh, there's occasionally just references to Skins, the TV show Skins, which Mm. just it just tickles me because there's this sense of like they're watching Skins, the children are watching Skins, like we would have watched maybe Heather's or do you know what I'm saying? They're like absolutely. Have you seen Skins? It's so 2008, but it's really good. Yeah. It's yeah, and the first two seasons of Skins were very good. Hey, I'm even going to throw throw a bone to season three as well. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. Um, the only good thing about the second generation of Skins cast, so the season three and four, is the final scene of season four when oh. with Cook. Um, but I kind of got a Woody for that though. Yeah, a little bit. Can I just say as well, Donnie Darko? You just said it was a lot of people's favorite movies in high school. I think that mine, being Girl Interrupted, is the private school girl equivalent of, of Donnie yeah. Darko. If you went to a private girls' school, you might not have loved, loved Donnie Darko, but guaranteed, Girl Interrupted made you feel, made you made you feel. Because it's about a, a a privileged young lady who just isn't happy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just a lot of kind of like, oh my god, that's so relatable. When it's yeah. like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, like I want to, you know. Yeah, I thought I was Winona Ryder in that film. I was just like, oh my god, that's me. But it's like, it's not at all. You fucking psycho. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I just remember loving that movie and thinking it was like such an interesting answer to the question, "What is your favorite movie?" It's like, it's yeah. girl interrupted. Actually, 
Yeah, uh, that's part of the problem for me with Donnie Darko. Like, I, I think Donnie Darko is still a great film, mm. but I can't see it. Well, I think. I don't know because all I see is just me being like, actually, it's brilliant and actually it's about <laughs> space-time. You actually have to go on the website to understand <laughs> the full plot, actually. It's actually about this. And One of those fuckheads who would make a 45-minute YouTube video explaining Donnie Darko. Hey, what's up, guys? You might not have actually understood Donnie Darko, but that's what I'm here for. I'm here to explain to you what Donnie Darko is about with three simple steps. Actually, <laughs> actually, it does have a plot. Yeah. But it's okay, guys. I don't blame you. It is pretty complex, and I just happen to be really into this stuff. So join me, everybody. Also, sign up to Audible. Use my code. <laughs> Use my code, audible.com slash reviews. We should say, Mish, um, breaks over. So if you are, if you if you've been listening to the old pods, we we banked a couple of of pods where we talked about uh, his interviews. Yes. We then released a pilot episode where we talked about him playing a racist rat character. Yes. And now we're back in the studio. Not only are we back doing pods together. Mm-hmm. We're back in the studio, which we did do for those banked ones, but it's a rare treat. Most of Hmm. this podcast has been over Zoom. Yeah, it's true. has been tough. It's been a challenge. Absolutely, especially when we brought in guests. As soon as you bring in a third Zoomer with a microphone, it goes to shit. I wanted to do a tweet. You know when you have an idea for a tweet and you're like, oh, that's really good, but you can never find the right wording so you don't do it? Oh, like my that's literally my Twitter career. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the perfect tweet is not the way to succeed on Twitter. The, per- the way to succeed on Twitter is just to tweet a lot. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 I had this tweet in my head which was like something along the lines of 2020 I think, will be remembered for, and the implication being one of the big things. But 2020 will be the, remembered as the year of, of, of podcasters saying, oh, no, you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of this sound. Oh, uh, 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 but, uh, uh, you go. No, sorry. you go. Sorry. The one second delay. Oh, My goodness. Oh, sorry. Just really quickly, one second. Uh, I just <laughs> want to say really quickly on that last point. Uh, oh. Okay. No, you just go. Like, and then like um, making a point and then just, just charging through and just the occasionally the other person, uh, uh, uh. uh. Um, do you think now that you're physically in my presence, would you say that there's anything that's changed about me physically since the last time we saw each other? Mm, no. Okay. Is your hair? No, nothing's changed. I just thought I should ask. Uh, no. Okay. You trimmed your beard. I trimmed my beard this morning. Yeah, it looks really sharp. Thank you. So I did it myself. That's good. Uh, that's that's one thing I got out of ISO is uh, I've become a better cook, and I trim my own beard. That's so good. Because here's the thing, barbering, being a barber, mm-hmm. is I think a very specific, very difficult skill mm. uh, if you're good at it. Yes. A lot of hipster cunts just do a four like a all hack over, job. Yeah. do a three and a half all over. And um, I had a moment in ISO where I did it myself and it's fine. It's not like really schmicko, but it's fine to the level that I used to pay $35 to a hipster to do. Mm. And it's like, so now I'm like, I reckon for like events and things like that, I'll go to a barber to do my beard. For something nice, mm. but That's I nice. can do it myself. I'm better. really proud of you. That's really good. Speaking of beards, I have just this second found a hair coming out of my chin that is the length of a small boy. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I can't get it. It's real in there. I wish Deborah Lee Finesse was in this movie because then we could have made that a segue. To <laughs> Speaking what? of beards. <laughs> There is no segue into this one. <laughs> She's not. Um, have you had a nice, did you have a nice little break? I did have a very nice little break. I didn't get much of a holiday or anything like that because yeah. I'm now a mum. Yes. <laughs> there was a moment there where Zach looked at me like genuinely puzzled. No, I am now a mother. You've got a 
a a dog baby. I have a dog baby, otherwise known as a puppy. A baby dog. <laughs> a dog, dog baby. baby. Um, I did. I a dog, dog woman gave birth to a dog, dog baby. baby. Um, and I and my human adult self adopted said dog baby. Mm. Um, and I've been with him now since Boxing Day, and it just if everything feels like one big blobby day. I don't – there was a period of time in there where I didn't know the the time of day. I didn't know the day of the week. I was so tired. It's a but lot. But it's getting, it's getting a lot better now. He's doing very well and I'm completely obsessed with him. I'm so fucking committed to this. <laughs> I'm going to keep this fucking dog alive. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I, uh, I'm looking after a dog at the moment. It's not my dog but I'm looking after a dog at the moment for a comparable amount of time as – Nish has been doing. Zach is fostering a dog at the moment. And we, and we, we, I, and we often call each other and just like, ah, okay, bye. <laughs> like it's like an hour of, ah. There was a point in time, particularly the first maybe two weeks after I got him, where anyone who would call me, all I could talk about was the dog mm. and not well, as in like it would just be like, Stanley Wheeze. Sleepy Stanley bites, he bites Zach, Zach, and I, I'm, wish, pulling on the lead and sometimes, sometimes happy, but and I a was, lot of like, what if he bite forever? Yeah. What if he bite forever? And I'm like, have you trained him not to bite? You're like, no, but what if he bite forever? And then, and then, like maybe you do some training and you call up and you're like. He, he still bite, but we see hope. <laughs> hope he not bite forever. And then you'll call the next day and be like, what if he bite forever? <laughs> Stanley does. Stanley's my puppy's name. It would be very much like, Stanley did bite not for long. I teach. Little bite. I teach. No, Little bite. I teach no biting. <laughs> I'm a teacher no bites. It's so funny. It's so funny because. I, I have scratches all up my arms. I grew like, up in the country. Uh, so my experience with dogs has been very much like you have them outside and they just are psychos until they're old and mm. then they're not psychos anymore. But I, I, when you, the dog is inside by because you're a city person. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And look, to be honest with you, it was just very overwhelming for a while there. And I think that doesn't matter, like all the research that you do. And I was so ready for the pup. Um, it was just very overwhelming. When you, when you don't sleep well for four days in a row, like if you're only getting very broken sleep and around about five hours a night of very broken sleep, by the time you hit day four, there is a part of you that goes a bit insane. Like Isn't I was funny? going genuinely insane. On day four, all I ate were two sleeves of saladas and a litre of pineapple juice the entire day. I ate nothing else. And then I got to the end of the day and was just like I I wasn't computing. I was just – I was completely lost. But now he sleeps from 9 p.m. till 7 a.m. every day and he's walking very well and he's so loving and he's so happy and I've got such a wonderful puppy. I want to make that very clear that I love my dog. It's okay. But he bites, Zach. I um, (laughs) I just became halfway through this. I became aware that two of our very few listeners, um, two friends of mine that listen to the podcast, which is crazy. Who's this? Like actual friends. Um, uh, one is called CK. The other is called Jacinta. Okay. And uh, they're good friends of mine. Um, but you don't know them. <laughs> not all my friends are your friends. <laughs> I'm not going to say when you said that. I'm not going to lie. When you said those names, I was like, I don't know those kinds. <laughs> Just, like, like I have a life outside of people you know, Mish. Um, but very good friends. And they are. Uh, it's funny because they're not. They're not very good friends. I've never even heard of them. They are very good friends. I have actually heard of you mention CK. Um, the, the trivia people. I yes, I know. I, know. With them I don't like them because I wanted you to be part of my trivia group. But you weren't. You refused to be part of my trivia group because you had really good friends in another trivia group that asked you first. On the other side of the city. I was On the like, other I don't want to be city. a part of this. So to your I'm already, I already hang out with you. Doing podcasts, uh, plays, making theatre, and you're like, and now let's do trivia. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, enough of you. And also, also, I will say, um, most trivia is really bad. Yes, most trivia is really, really bad. It's really bad. It's very um, like 
what this bar needs is no music and a man asking questions and then <laughs> handing pieces of paper to other people and then reading out the answers. And it's often very bad and I don't think trivia is fun. The worst thing is when you are at a pub not participating in trivia, but you've gone there on a trivia night. Oh. Oh, my God. That's If hell exists, mm. that is what I'm doing in hell for the, mm. rest of, for the rest of eternity, is sitting in a pub, not participating in trivia, while drunk cunts aged between 19 and, oh, let's be honest, all the way up to 55, drunk cunts participate in trivia mm. around me. I love trivia. Same, love that. I, w- I love trivia. I'm just saying most trivia is bad. Yes. And unless you know, unless you've got a unless like my trivia friends, we got a good trivia, we go to a good trivia, we do good trivia. But I'm not like I've already got a working relationship with you. I don't then need to spend the next six years trying to find good trivia. I get it. Hey, there's a guy in Northcote. Maybe that'll be good. Yeah, you guys would be like, hey, we're going to try this one in Northcote. And I'd be like, how was it? Like like all the other ones. It's true. It's true. My friends and I did like trivia hop for a while there. But we won all the time. We won a lot of beers. Yeah, that's good. I'm really proud of you. We did win a lot of beers. So CK and Jacinta just had a child, yep. a beautiful child. And I was just like, I don't want to continue talking about how hard it is to have a dog because, like, I know that there are people like, shut up. (laughs) I know know what you mean. I know what you mean. But also, like, fuck off with that. (laughs) Are are you telling my friend CK Jacinta to fuck off? I'm really angry at Jacinta because she stole you for trivia. So Jacinta and I have beef anyway. Um, so if you're listening to Cinder and apparently you are, are, they are, can you believe it? (laughs) I don't think of, uh, look, I got to be honest with you. When you do podcasts, it becomes like my own partner, your partner listens. I think he might've stopped. (laughs) (laughs) You've hit the eight months. Yeah. Yeah, He stopped. (laughs) He doesn't have to listen. Like uh, Annie, like openly, comfortably says, I've never listened to an episode of your podcast why would I do that? Yeah. I don't think any of my friends listen to this podcast. This is not the, – uh, the idea of a podcast is so you put some people in your ears and pretend to be friends with them. Mm. Um, it's an hour of pretending to be friends with mm. two people. Why would you do that with real friends? Oh, like, for example, sorry to bring them up, but the Auntie Donna podcast, I only ever listen when you have Hot Department on. Mm. I'd like the like that's because it's just a bit weird to listen to my friends. And also it's just podcasts. like I know you're not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I know. I will say I know you're not that fun. I do listen to Confessions of the Idiots. I, yeah. I do listen to that podcast. I really enjoy that podcast. I listen to I listen to And that's my friend Sammy Podcast the Ride. Um and I've never met any of them. And then I was going to reach out and ask if I could be on it. Uh, during a pr- pr- promotion, and I didn't because I got too nervous. No, I reckon that could take you on. Eh? Yeah, I'd love it. I could, I could talk about. I'd be so nervous. I'd be like, I would go. I don't know what. I, I, what would I talk about? And for a long car drive, I do enjoy a do go on episode. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough plugging of our friends who are more successful than us. Can you please tell our Leguizama Rama listener what it is that we are talking about today? <sighs> Um, before that, <laughs> oh god, yeah, all right. Do you want to just talk about um, like I know we've put an ad at the front of this. Oh yeah, but do you want to talk about the Lido screenings? Yeah, this will come out. Yeah, let's talk about the Lido screenings. That's really cool. That's when a- does this come out? This comes out this week. Yeah, like yeah. When, we're, well, when did we record this earlier this week? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've got the Lido screenings. You, you may be listening to this in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't want to date this, but are you excited for the Lido screenings, Mish? I'm really excited for the Lido screenings. So the le- whole Lido thing happened quite quickly from our end like and then all of a sudden it was just we launched we announced it and then it was and I was like oh my god this is so fucking cool um for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about because maybe you're just American Ultra fans um (laughs) it's not how podcast (laughs) listenership works (laughs) um Zach and I as part of Leguizamo Rama will be doing screenings of John Leguizamo films at Lido on February 12th, 19th and 26th being Super Mario Brothers, Romeo and Juliet and John Wick. 
and we'll be there at the start of the movies to do a little bit of an interactive chat with everybody. We don't know. We, we'll be real. We don't exactly know we don't how know. we're going to fill that half hour. But it's going to be fun to figure it out. We, we've talked about trivia. We're going to do, like, i got a lot of opinions on trivia, but mm-hmm. I think we can bring some good trivia. We'll ask questions like, where did John Leguizamo grow up? Yeah. And people will go, it's New York. And, and then go, it's close enough. Have, a, yeah, have, a, yeah. have some popcorn. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, like, I'm, I'm genuinely so excited to do it. More so than anything, I'm just really excited to see those three movies on the big screen. Particularly Romeo and Juliet for me. Uh, Super Mario Bros. for me. The slide scene in... Um, oh. I mean, because I this is the thing. I haven't seen Super Mario Brothers at normal speed since <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> I haven't seen Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> well, see, I have seen Romeo and Juliet on the big screen. But I haven't seen Romeo and Juliet in about 10 years. Mm. Probably longer, actually, and I fucking love that movie, so I'm so excited to see that again. Super Mario Brothers, obviously I'd never seen that on the big screen, and fuck, it's cool that Super Mario Brothers, the movie, is being played on the big screen. Not many people would have seen it on the big screen. Yeah, and John Wick's iconic. Like, that's going to be fucking incredible on the big screen. It's great. See um, fucking Alfie Allen running around with a little Russian accent. Yeah, Alfie yep. Allen. We talked about this. Yeah, we've done. We've done John Wick. I wonder if Michelle Feel free to go to back come along. and yeah, go back, have a listen. Let's ask our friend if she wants to do something for us for free. No, I was just if she's there. I yeah, wonder no, if she no. wants to come. Maybe throw a free tiki. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about um, the movie we've said we're going to talk about? Oh, not really. <laughs> Right, oh, okay, I want a premise before we start. Oh, no, you might as well do that. No, I'm no, just going to say premise. Now. Do a premise. I feel really bad because there's been quite a, not a, quite a few, oh, a good handful, a good handful of the movies we've done on Leguizamarama. I've been like, this movie sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Like there have been a couple. There's been a couple. This movie sucks. <laughs> I, I think we're slipping into bad habits. I love this notion of what can we learn, what can we do, Let's take a positive torch onto X film, right? What, like, do we have to talk about it in a negative light? It's easier to shit on it. It's more fun to shit on it. Um, this is a f- fine movie in terms of everything but the script. Anyway, let me do my blurb. Okay. Mike Howell... I say it's a fine. It's not, anyway, Mike Howell, a dead shit drug addict played by the very miscast Jesse Eisenberg, discovers that he has been part of a high-profile CIA project that arms him with special kung fu powers. After a very miscast Topher Grace, a pen-pushing baddie at the CIA with seemingly no oversight, sends a bunch of baddies after him. He must use his newly discovered skills to protect himself and his girlfriend, played by Kristen Stewart, who at first seems well cast enough until a twist halfway through the plot reveals her to be the most miscast of all the actors. John Leguizamo plays a drug dealer and is really good at it as always, but also, I don't know. <laughs> um, and, then I, and then I wrote more, but I don't think we need to. I was like, it's directed well enough. All the actors do a very solid job in a second year of acting school miscast in order to push and challenge them sort of way. The cinematography is solid, as is the effects and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> the fault all lies at the at the writer Max Landis's feet, and he got properly cancelled. So I can say that he's bad at writing and has never written a good film, as far as I can tell. And I'm allowed to say that. You are allowed to say that. Um. So just very very quickly going back to what we said before you did your intro. The, when I say this movie sucks, what I mean is I Mish don't enjoy this kind of film. So I'm not saying it's necessarily a commentary on the acting or the writing. The writing sucked. I can say that. We're allowed to say We're that. We're allowed to we, say we'd that. We'd be bad to not say that because yeah. he got cancelled. Yeah. The writing sucks. <laughs> um, but in terms of like what I find enjoyable in a film, this is everything. Not everything I don't like in a film, but I was bored. I was – I don't know. And I feel like I feel like I want to like come in to this podcast studio and be like, that movie fucking sick. And I've got high hopes for next week. 
You, that's the thing, you're always coming in with high hopes. No, I did never had high hopes for American Ultra. I did, I did, because I remember when I worked at the cinema, there were trailers for it, and I was expecting kind of a Pineapple Express vibe. Me too. I was kind of expecting these characters thrown into something. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's something nice about that. Like it's, um... You know, this idea of, like, what will a... Ca- like, you, it's an action world but a character mm. thrown into it. But yeah. it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was... Um, it was kind of this weird sucker punch meets super bad kind of vibe. Does that... Have you ever seen Sucker Punch? Mm. Okay. So it had... It had the way you feel after watching Sucker Punch is the same way you feel after watching American Ultra. Do you, do you know? But with all the shit things about Superbad, and there's a lot of things I like about the movie Superbad. Bill Hader, for example, is like one of my. I like Superbad. You're not a fan of Superbad? No, I'm a big fan oh, of Superbad. Yeah, 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 I, th- right. I don't think it's aged necessarily very well. No. But no, no I'm a big, I haven't watched it since big fan. Super, Superbad is very funny, um, but it's got Bill Hader in it, and Bill Hader is like everything to me. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just, I just, oh, this movie just kind of was like. I just think it could have been so much better, and I was just a bit bored. Do you want to hear? What, do you want to hear my criticism? I said it to my friends earlier today. These friends uh, that I know, or yeah, there's Auntie Donna. Oh, okay. Um, so I said I was saying that it, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to shit on them, but whatever. So there was there, <laughs> Max Landers. I think he's he's the kind of guy that would listen to this podcast. Well, yeah. What else has he got to do? He's not working. <laughs> oh, oh, anyway. <laughs> This film and and all, he also did Bright, mm-hmm. um, and he also did uh, just huh. other films like that. Definitely, before you hear us criticize Mac Land- Max Landis and Google him, Google him before you. Just so you're not like you guys are being real mean. Google here's, him. Here's a fun fact: he's a bit mean too, isn't he? <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, I don't want to be. You know that is what it is, and and, and it's a re- like I don't, I don't want to make light of mm. that. So that's that's over there. Anyway, also he is shaped like a cylinder. <laughs> his head is the same width as his shoulders. Is the same width as his hips. I've, I'm just looking at pictures of him right now. He's shaped like a cylinder. That's a good uh, or, a, or a noodle. Yeah, sure. Um, so he does movies where he. I've got to paint a picture for you, mm-hmm. Mish. You know movies where um, where you watch it and you would have gone, I see how that would have pitched well. Yes. I see how the pitch would have been good, right? Yes. And you go, but structurally there was never enough meat on those bones. Yes. Uh, it, it just, it's too, it's too. But the, the, Like Vanishing on 7th Street. Yeah. Like, like I see how that mm. pitched well, right? Mm-hmm. He makes that sort of movie where you go, I see, but also the pitch is shit. <laughs> <laughs> you like yeah. it's like it's like the the problems of a movie that mm. pitched well but also how did he get it made cuz the pit anyway look enough shit i don't okay. want to shit you can shit on it John Leguizamo has a fucking cool jacket John is great Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Always. Do you know what? Also, what I would say, great cast, just... Largely all miscast. I don't, I'm not. Look. Uh, oh no! Yeah, yeah. We're talking. <laughs> the, the, the cast has all been in better. Things. I think as soon as you put Jesse Eisenberg in a movie, yes, you're getting a Jesse Eisenberg movie. Yes. Does that make sense? So yes. like, you Jesse yes. Eisenberg. Yes. Yes. You get what I'm saying. Yes. Like, as soon as you put him in a film, you're not making a film that has him in it. You are making a Jesse Eisenberg film. Because also, they're all of the same colour and the same taste and it works sometimes, like that social network film. Worked in social network. It worked in Squid and the Whale. Not seen that. 
it worked in that. Okay. I, I, I think that uh, Jesse Eisenberg, I, I put in a, a – you can't just pop him in a movie. You can't just pop him in a movie. 100%. He is uh, – uh, he is um, – he does what he does. Yes. And he does it better than anyone else. Sure. He does what he does. <laughs> no, Jesse Eisenberg does the best Jesse Eisenberg. Have you seen Bill Hader's? Je- no, 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 yes, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg does a very good Jesse Eisenberg, right? He does what he does, but you can't just pop him in a movie. 100%. He's a bit like there are other actors I think that are like that. But I would argue as well that for different reasons Kristen Stewart is the same way. Now, I like Kristen yeah. Stewart. I actually really do. Yeah. I think she's fucking cool. I would like to be Kristen Stewart's friend. But I will say this. Kristen Stewart in this movie, it's just Bella with a bong. Yeah. It's Bella from Twilight, like just a bit stoned. But this is the thing about Kristen Stewart, right? I put Kristen Stewart more in the Nicole Kidman category of like Hollywood casting people, her people, tried to stretch past what it is that she does. But if she's cast well, I think she's really very good. I wouldn't compare her to Nicole Kidman. No, no, but in the sense that... When she is playing what she does. Like what? That's not a challenge. I'm just. No, no, I just, I, I think she's nice to watch. Yeah, I agree with she's you. She's nice to you. watch. She's likeable. She's a, she's a good film actor. Yeah. Winona Ryder is a great example. She's got a, she's got a certain energy, right? You could put Kristen Stewart in a girl interrupted type film. Absolutely. And she would be very good in it, yes. I think. There, there, and uh, and you'd enjoy her, and you'd like to watch her, but I, the, the, but it has to be the sort of character she would play. Yes, she, she. The, the, there are certain actors. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz is fucking phenomenal. At that role, <laughs> not the role in American Ultra. I'm like talking at the goofy, role. Goofy, yeah, d- goofy, 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 but smart. Yeah, kind of like, like a bit. Yeah, like doopy doo. Yeah, but to me, is the best at that. Cameron yeah. Diaz is one of the best at that, and I've yet like. And and when you cast her as that, you've got a you've got a stellar film on your hands. Yeah, don't put her in the counselor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Nicole Kidman, Nicole Kidman, when I do not think there is anyone better at like. Neurotic. Like uptight, holding it in. I think I've said this in earlier podcasts. Oh, and I agree with you completely. Like she is wonderful. You get her to play. Bewitched. uh, Yeah. uh, Bewitched. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not really. You know, there's so many people like that. Like I think that there's this expectation that an actor should be able to play anyone. Um, but do you remember when Nicole Kidman did that song with Robbie Williams? Yes, yes, I do. That was weird. Then I go and ruin it all by saying something stupid like I love you. I can see it in your eyes. It's still the same as before. There's always, like, this weird patch in every, like, actress's career where they release a single. I think she did it just after Moulin Rouge. Gwyneth Paltrow did the same thing. With du- Have you ever seen duets? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone, stop what you're doing. Gwyneth Paltrow is also a great example of what we're talking about. Yes, she now has a show about putting things up your vagina. Yeah. Mm. Um, everyone, stop what you're doing. And stop what you're doing. Go and watch duets. It is... Such a bad film. John's not in it, but he could have been. <laughs> Do you know another actor I want to throw out there for yeah. this list? I just want to keep throwing in actors. Yeah. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Great actor. Great actor, uh, but a great example of if that character is not John muscular Buster. and intense. <laughs> yeah. Even even he does a soft uh, Abraham Lincoln. He did Abraham Lincoln well. But But that's still a man... A man who commands, your, like he takes up the room. Yeah. That's what he plays, right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen Nine? 
Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm a little man who makes a cult. Yes. I make a cult for my beautiful Nicole Kidman, who is Italian. So who do you think then, just throwing one or two names in the ring, can play multiple characters? Not many people. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think that it's, it's, it's one of the great... Um, misconceptions of acting mm. is that it is the job of an actor to inhabit many different worlds. It's like, no, I think an actor, it's the job of a casting director to cast good people. It is why I like John Leguizamo so much. It's one of the reasons why I like him is because he is very good at most things. He is. He is. Yeah. But he's best at John Leguizamo. Yes. <laughs> he's Absol- best at just well, doing John. Um, I also... I'm going to throw a name out there. Okay. Cool. I've had a big crush. I have a bit of a crush on this guy. Mm. I do have a bit. Of- I was about to say I have a big crush. Not a big one. Bill Hader, big. This guy, mm. not so big. But I think he can play almost anything, and it's John Goodman. Yeah. John Good. Think about it. John Goodman can do comedy. Mm-hmm. John Goodman can do drama. He can be your fun-loving dad that you feel a bit sorry for. He can be a villain. Like, I honestly think John Goodman is one of those actors that could be any role. But and has probably been denied that based on how he looks, although it's probably not so much of a Actually, problem because yeah. he's a man. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, he really can play. Like, think of him in Coyote Ugly. He's the soft, loving dad in Coyote Ugly. But then you think of him in Oh Roseanne. Brother. Roseanne. He's the soft, soft, loving, loving dad. dad. But then you think of him in, like, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou? And he's yeah. that villainous, hard character. He's been a blues brother, which I think he did very well, although not the original blues brother. I think he did a very, very good job. Um, he's the voice of that dude in uh, fucking uh, Monsters, Inc., as well as The Emperor's New Groove. John Goodman, man, I'm telling you, I think he's like, I think he's one to watch. One to watch. <laughs> no, I just, I've always, I've always loved watching him. I honestly can't think of, of, of actors that are truly, truly great. It can't just be God, John Goodman, though. Um, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Like, because Meryl Streep to a degree, but Meryl Streep does Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, I think now is just kind of like, I know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that Meryl, like I could imagine when Meryl got Sophie's Choice, she was like, there was a lot of work and there was a lot put into that and you can see how fucking amazing she is in that film. I think now Meryl Streep's just like, I got this, it's fine. I guess the question is, who's the sort of actor where where you don't realise they've been in multiple films? Like you don't. John Leguizamo. You don't. Yeah, that's mm. true. But like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, who's the sort of actor that like they they morph for the part? William H Macy. Yeah, yeah. He's good. He's good. I'm not saying. I'm saying that. Good actors kind of bring it to themselves. Yeah, I'm now just kind of listing good actors. Yeah, like William H. Macy is William H. Macy. He's always like, hey, I'm William H. Macy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Hader kind of throws oh, I love him around a bit I've there. I've always loved Bill, truth, but there's just something about during lockdown I just kind of got really, I've got a big crush on him. Yeah. And I think I haven't, like I've had a couple of celebrity crushes in my life starting at the age of 12 with Seth Green. Mm-hmm. Started with him. Then it kind of merged into this Noel Fielding thing kind of through my 20s. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of in my 30s thought, I'll never have one of those again. But I think it might be Bill Hader. Good choice. Love really Bill good Hader. choice. I've, I've, I've honestly got a crush on him. Yeah, I love Bill Hader. I'm struggling right now to think of any actor that is properly transformative, like properly changes their voice, properly changes their build. I would love maybe people Christian to- Bale? No, he's always- he's, he's, Ah, Christian Bale. You reckon? <laughs> He's always, there's always a, do you know? And the Oscar you goes too. <laughs> do you know someone who I think actually I really would give a lot of credit to is uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Yep. Well, he did that whole thing where he was to promote a film where he pretended he was losing his mind. Yeah. And the world believed him. He's like, oh, God, fuck, all right. <laughs> I watched Gladiator the other day. Oh, good movie. He's so, and he is so good in that and he's so different in that to walk to, the line, to walk the line, to Joker, to like. Has he done comedy? Um, well, I'm not even talking about like comedy drama. I'm talking more about like this is the part, so I'm going to not transform. bring the part to me. I'm going to go to the part, and not yeah. just physically. Because like Christian Bale loses all the weight, but he's still Christian Bale. Mm. Whereas like Joaquin Phoenix, Meryl Streep is a good example. I know that's a really standard one to go to, but that really is a very good example. If you take Sophie's Choice, then you take The Devil's Wears Prada, and then you take I don't know some other bullshit she's been in. Like 
they're like she's very good. Yeah, I I know there's like I'm gonna just think of them halfway through this podcast and or like in a week and just go. Ugh. There are actors that do it. There we'll are ask actors on the that gram. change that. Yeah, we'll ask on the gram. But there are actors that like change their voice, and it's not Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> the the what we will say unequivocally is it's not Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, it's not Topher Grace, and it's not uh, fucking Kristen Stewart. Stewart yeah, um, I, do, I will say going back to American Ultra, one of the things I didn't like about this film, and this isn't like a universal opinion, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is just what I like in a film. If you turned around and you said, I liked American Ultra, I wouldn't be like, well, you don't have any fucking taste. It just means we like different films. Um, to me... Oh, yeah. Look, I, I would have to dig a little deeper, though. If someone was like, I liked American Ultra, and they saw it recently. Yeah. I can't... I also can't get past it. Like, anyway, I'll talk. You go, you go. You um, go. To me, this film was the same scene over and over and over again. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was just a lot of Jesse Eisenberg being a bit confused while people shot at him and then him killing those people. Here's, that here's, was that was that's the literally back to back scenes of that. Here's what I'm going to say, right? I'm a big wanker. Yes. I'm when when you get me talking about a film, I start a stroking. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, I'm a big old wanker, right? Yep. I love a film that touches tries to touch on something bigger than itself. I love themes. I love ideas. I love, right? Uh, I'm so okay with a movie that's not easy to watch, but it gives me something. Yeah. You know, right? I also love, like, entertainment. I love, I I watched um, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Loved it. I just had a great time. Yeah, right? I lo- one of my favorite movies of all time is Fast and the Furious Seven, right? But then on the flip side, I love like uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco is one of my favorite movies that I've seen in the last decade, right? Yeah, I I, I love it all, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm not a fan of, and the counselor fell into a similar category. What I'm not a fan of is a movie that is laborious in its self righteousness. Mm-hmm. That is about nothing. Yes. What pisses me off, the one thing that pisses me off is where I have to sit through masturbation and I don't get a thematic ejaculation. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what this movie was. This movie was so full of itself. Yeah. Like like a 15-year-old's fucking, like a 15-year-old that has watched one one Quentin Tarantino film. It, it was so, like, laborious in That's its... That's exactly what it was like. It was so oh, laborious was so, in its points. Oh, Zach, that was so good. Like a 15-year-old that's watched one Quentin Tarantino it's film. Like, like it's, it's like a fucking first-year uni student doing arts, talking about... The Vietnam War when they read the wiki page. I just, it's the sort of movie where the movie is shorter than the conversation people would have fucking found themselves trapped in with the writer about what the movie was saying. Like, I was trying to do this and this and this. It's like, shut up. Imagine being trapped into anything with that writer as well. (laughs) Zing! Cunt. Anyway. (laughs) um, I just, it it was like... It's the, the 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 you know the 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 Shakespeare quote about life, the the the, the but yes. like the um the full of sound of fury signifying nothing. Yes, it it's so there's a scene in it where where he says like a lot, right? He says the character says like a lot in American Ultra. American Ultra, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character says like a lot, and there's one scene where he's talking where he says like heaps. Mm-hmm. And it's got a laboured awkwardness, which is not, it is not, I believe in my heart, it is not Jesse Eisenberg riffing around writing and adding likes, which happens. Mm. I believe it's Max Landis going, I wanted to do a monologue where people talk, like people actually talk. So they say like a lot. It's like, can't, fucking whatever. (laughs) He goes, oh, I'm like a tree. I'm like a tree and you're like a car and you're moving and it's still. And it's like, all right, fucking sick, man. That's so good. 
That's so good. And there's so That's much. That's clever, though. That's clever, though. Oh, man. So, Mish, Mish, we try to not tell each other. In theory, we try to tell each other not what we thought about the movie. But nine times out of ten, Mish watches it before me. And eight mm. times out of ten, I get a this Nine times shit. out of ten as well. Really? <laughs> nine times out of ten, I get a, oh, this one's shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I always try to, like, uh, block that out so I can disagree with her. And it's really, really funny because this movie... I sat down and I, I, I started watching I didn't know anything about it other than I, I didn't mind the cast and uh, John Leguizamo was in it and, it, and and I remember liking the trailer. And I sat down to watch it and I thought the opening was really interesting. It's like, yeah, like sure. flashy images. It's like, I was like, oh, this is kind of very competently directed, really well shot. I actually think I'm going to disagree with Mish here. And then in the opening credits, I saw that uh, Max Landis directed the, uh, wrote the film. And I was like, ah, oh, that name's familiar. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and then I was like, well, separate the art from the artist. So long as there's not like a whole bunch of protracted scenes of women getting the shit beaten out of them, I should be able to get through this film. And then there was and it was rough. And it's very hard. It's very hard to get past. Yes. It's very hard to get past. Like it, it is a movie about a dead shit can't mm-hmm. and it it ends with the woman who is too good for him apologizing yes for for not being a better partner and then they get together sorry to spoilers but like that's the movie and it's like yeah considering and there's no there's no amount of Big angry men shooting at Jesse Eisenberg that can hide the fact that that is literally the through line of this film. Is a dead shit with a girlfriend who is too good for him. 100% too good. Can we just 100% she's too good for him. And then and then the turning point of the film is her apologising to him. Mm. And uh, I try very hard to separate artists from art. I don't want to, like... Do that, I don't think that's like I, I try, but it's like that's hard mm. with this one because yes. that plot is shit. Yes. And also I don't believe Jesse Eisenberg is a dead shit. He's not a dead shit. No. He's he, too he, intense. Yes, I agree. I don't think. Who do you think would have been a better cast? Um, okay, so a rewrite. So first mm. of all, there's a, been a rewrite. It's the same structure of, you know. Yes. Um, oh, I think just some, like a Seth Rogen. Or yeah, a, or yeah a, that's exactly or right. Or just someone. A James Franco. A James Franco. Like just someone um, because there's an intense sort of like because, and there's like self-hatred in this, but like because Jesse Eisenberg is so intense, because he's so like driven in his intensity and he has these dumb ideas that he talks about and then his hot girlfriend is like, you're so smart. (laughs) But because he's so intense, right, he doesn't come off as a dead shit. He comes off as a prick. Yes. It's like... Like I said, Jesse Eisenberg, just like Mark Zuckerberg was a prick, just like every other character Jesse Eisenberg's played as a prick. Like that's what Jesse Eisenberg does and it's hard to not... But, like, I felt that's the, the thing I always know. I always know in a film, especially an action film that involves a gun, I know when I get to a point in the film where I don't care who dies. That's where I got to in this film. It's like, kill them all then. <laughs> kill them all. Maybe not her. Kristen Stewart can live. But the rest of you, I hope you all just, I hope you all die in this film. Yeah. And that's I, when, I that's when it's. I could care less. Yeah, I could care less. And that's an. Awful feeling to have when you're in a film and you're meant to be invested in at least one of the characters. Like, yeah. And I had no one. I was like, I hope Kristen gets out of there, but the rest of you guys, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care how you die, when in this film you die. John Leguizamo dies in this film, right? Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert. Um, That upset me because I'm like, well, fuck, now we don't have more John content for the podcast. But even still, I was like, he can die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like. It was also just a... Oh. It was just dumb. It was just like, uh, like, um, just a lot of like, oh, it, like, like, fucking get good at writing yeah. before you start writing just shit like, like, 
I'm going to write a Latino character that says the N-word a lot. Yeah. Like, cool. Just, like, don't. (laughs) Or be so good at writing that, like, you know, no one can come for you. But, like, I I fucking... This movie is so, like... It's very, it's a very arrogant film. Yes. So I, I would, uh, yeah, I think I would have liked the movie more with like a, with like a Seth Rogen in the sense that like uh, I would love if the character had a bit more of a not realised potential. Like, yeah, like a, like a Seth Rogen film. Like a, oh, I see why they're with him. Mm-hmm. You know, like Seth Rogen, you can, you can d- dig into the politics of that. <clears throat> yeah. But. At least there's like a, but he's nice and he's kind and he's warm yeah. and he's likable. Um, in terms of her, who would you cast instead of Kristen Stewart in this film? Oh, God, who would I cast instead of Kristen Stewart? Um, someone funny, I think it probably would have been good, <laughs> like a Mindy Sterling type. Oh, hello. Um, that would have been fun to see Mindy like that. Uh, who else could I have cast in this film? I wouldn't want to put it on any woman to be. That's such a shit. Yeah, it's like it's a horrible, like, yeah, it's a shit part. Like, I wouldn't want to put, so, sorry, Mindy. No, like, but in, I, in this scenario, in this scenario, right, mm-hmm. um, you've fired Max Landis. Okay. Because it, it, there, there was some delays in production um, and then you were in pre-production. Yeah. Uh, Circa 2000 and Me Too, and you fire Max Landis, you yeah. bring in a female writer who does a, a full-scale rewrite. Okay, great. Uh, it stops being from the perspective so much of of the Max Landis character. Yep. Um, and it, it, it's a much more equal story about should they stay together, whether it, it's, it puts weight on whether she should be with this deadbeat, why she should be with this deadbeat. Yep. Maybe the ending's completely different. So it's that plot. That's the character now. She's better written. It's complex. Okay. you cast. Oh, God, no. Shit. Shit it. Um, oh, God. Okay, so with the added complexities and, and a s- good script. And I will say the biggest, the twist we talk about for, the, for clarity, because you don't have to watch this film, mm. is it turns out she's a CIA agent who was tasked with looking after him and then she fell in love. So Kristen Stewart, who was all of like 21 when this film came yeah. out, was apparently a CIA agent, uh, agent at the age of 16 yeah. when she left the CIA. Yeah. So, so that's something I would frame it with, that that twist has to work. I'm really struggling here. I'm just, uh, do you know what? I, I think I have an idea of who I would who cast. Who would you cast? But the issue is I'm just, I'm just now saying the cast of Longshot. When I say Charlize Theron, mm. Seth Rogen and Charlize oh, Theron, yeah. that that energy, yeah, could that work. works. That works for sure. And then she has to save him. That's what I'd do. I'd flip it all around. I wouldn't do this movie. Who would you cast in Topher Grace's? <laughs> oh God, Topher Grace's part. Um, Bill Hader. Yeah, love it. Fuck, yeah, let's make this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, Scarlett Johansson would be very good in the Kristen Stewart role. Yeah, great, mm. great, love that. Yeah. That's my answer. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, love that. Yeah. yeah that's great. <laughs> love it. Um, what what would your Leguistamo rating be? Oh, fuck. <sighs> He's in it a bit. Not enough, but good. Like I like the more time he would have been in it, the more it would have tainted him. Mm-hmm. He's fun. He has fun. He had fun. I think he would have had a fun shoot. He would have been like, yeah, why two not? Days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two days. Maybe three. Oh, on a movie on like this, probably a bit longer. Probably two Legostamos. Mm. Yeah. That's my score too. Yeah, not two stars. He gets a whole he gets a whole Legostamo for that jacket. Yeah, and like he has fun. Mm. It's kind of a bit like a character he would play in a one-man show. Not like the core. It's like, and then this guy. His one-man shows would be better written, though. He'd have better dialogue to work with. But we have seen, what we can say about John is we have seen him do some bad dialogue and he does it well. And this was just another example of, well, he got some shitty dialogue, but he got through it. He paid his kids tuition. Good for you, John. Good for you, John. (laughs) Like, pretty much. Bit of fun. I just want, I want John's, what's its name? We need our, what did we call it? Hashtag John... 
Leg work. Leg evolution. We need a leg evolution. Yes, we need a leg evolution. Um, <laughs> we do. We do need a leg evolution. It's coming with the help of Leguizamarama. Can we get? He stopped sharing our stuff. Do you do you reckon he got over it? Maybe. Or do you reckon he listened and wasn't a fan? I don't think it was that he listened. No. Maybe. John, if you're listening, we're sorry. We're so sorry. When we get mad at movies that you're in that aren't that good, it's because you deserve Leonardo DiCaprio's career. 100%. And also, did you get to keep the jacket from this film? Those are my two questions to you. (laughs) No, we've got one question and one statement. The question is, did you get to keep the jacket? The statement is, in, in in a world, in a better world, there after Romeo and Juliet, you should have gotten Leonardo DiCaprio's career. Yep. Leonardo DiCaprio should have played Jesse Eisenberg's drug dealer and you should have played Wolf of Wall Street. Too fucking... Oh, my God, how good would he have been in Wolf of Wall Street? That's what I'm saying. I I, I said by this wholeheartedly my alternative reality is exactly the same. Yeah. Everything's the same. I'll take everything. I'll take COVID. I'll take the downfall of the American Empire. you are in Wolf of Wall Street. But we just swap your career with Leo's. Oh, so good. Um, Also, John, if you're listening, have you heard about Lido? Lido? That's pretty sick. That calls the Lido Like, I don't know if you know this, John, but you've made it to Hawthorne in (laughs) Melbourne. Do you know that? Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, all the way down under in Hawthorne. Are you excited to do a show? Like, like I'm curious to see, like, um, the the big, I mean, there's going to be a big reveal when mm. people come to this show. People are going to come to the show and be like, oh, they were joking about four. There's dozens of us. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to look around and go, there's oh dozens God. of us. Double figures. <laughs> this is double figures. They said three or four listeners, mm. but I see at least double figures worth of people. <laughs> Surprise. Um, all right, I have a review. Uh, this one came through on Instagram DM, which we love. Thank you so much. However, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, please. Thank you. But we do still love these reviews. Um, this is from... Um, I don't read the DMs. I'm so sorry. It's okay. But I'm glad Mish is responding. Uh, you do read some of the DMs. Do I? Yeah, absolutely you do. I see that you reply to them sometimes. And you fuck with my algorithm. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what do you mean? We'll talk about it later. Um, okay, so this is from Apostrophe Wife, uh, and it says, Hi, Zach the Legs and Mishti Amarama. I'm desperately trying to catch up with your excellent podcast, which I love. Since start, since starting mid-December, I'm up to Ice Age 2, but I wanted to contact you now to say that not only can I empathise with Mish's Jared Leto and Jay Leno father-son confusion, I thought... They were the same person until I Google searched about one year ago. I thought it was Jay Leto, as in Jay for Jared. And I thought it was weird that he left talk show hosting to do acting. (laughs) And I thought the reason he looked so different in pictures was because he did Andy Serkis type stuff. (laughs) I don't know who Andy Serkis is. I think they're fucking with you. Really? He's the gorilla in uh, Planet of the Gorillas, and he's also Gollum in Gollum and the Oh, are Frodo. they? I thought this was – I was going to do like a whole show. Ha-ha, Zach. I think they're fucking with you. No. Are, are you serious? Have I just read out something to embarrass myself? No, I think they're, they're riffing. I think it's very funny, but I think they're fucking with you. Oh, okay. Well, very well done. <laughs> like, <laughs> was, you got me. Because what they're saying is they thought that the very attractive – Rock star Jared Leto got into a mocap suit in the late 80s and hosted late night television for 10 years. Oh. But maybe they're not. Maybe, maybe they're, they're not. And in which case, I'm sorry, Zach, was just embarrassed you like that. No, no, look, look. And honestly, I stand by it. I genuinely thought, I genuinely thought that Jay Leno's son was Jared Leto. I just did. And no. I'm, I'm standing by it. So, fuck. no, that's fine. That's fine. I thought. Um, I thought that, um, you know what? I've never made a mistake in my life. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I can't think of anything, but I, I've done lots of ones like that. That's good. No, that was a good one. Thanks. That was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> it was a very good one. The idea of Jared Leto. Jared Leto is a funny guy. What are your thoughts on Jared Leto? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
Where do I begin? <laughs> Where do I begin? Hey, Mish, thank mm. you so much for joining me on this journey. Zach, thank you for doing this podcast with me. Thank you. I've had a really lovely time, you know, just finding our feet again, feeling the vibes. We shat on that movie more than we normally would. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Maybe we've just got some angry puppy energy. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. I think we need to get. And also, you know what? Like, I think I think it's a very admirable thing to try not to just do the shitting on movies. Oh, absolutely. Because I think that's, I love that genre. I watch it, listen to it often. But from time to time, a movie comes along that's written by a grub and it's like, mm. well, I can't say it was good. Yeah. And luckily in this case, it's not like it was cinematic brilliance. It was bad. It was bad. It was a bad movie. So fuck you, Max Landis. And on that happy note, <laughs> have a wonderful week, everybody. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.